I like being able to kind of make the thumbnail, step away, and then come back once the video's done and be like, okay, is this thumbnail actually delivering on the promise of the video? And usually it is, but every now and then I'm like, no, actually I don't like this thumbnail anymore, I'm gonna make a new one. Breaking into the music side of YouTube isn't easy, and yet Polyphonic, with its sleek visual design, is one of the best-known channels in the vertical. How did one viral video turn into an entire career? I am Alex, and this is Genesis. Let's start with my favorite question. When you meet someone new, and inevitably the question about work comes up, and people ask you what your job is, what's your go-to answer? It's usually something like this, I usually say, well, actually, I'm a YouTuber, and the, the trick is then I try very hard to make sure that I kind of, like, it feels weird, like, I'm not really trying to flex, but I try to get fast to the fact that, like, I have almost 800,000 subscribers, it's been my full-time job, because I feel like a lot of the time, as soon as you say YouTuber, someone's like, oh, so you're unemployed. <laughs> I'm not a loser, I swear. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, I usually, I usually genuinely tell them that I'm, that I'm a YouTuber. Wow. Okay, that, that's very direct. So let's start from the very start. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Ottawa, Canada. How, how was your childhood? Were you interested in music as, as that early or was that like a later development? I grew up in a household that was pretty musical, like there was always kind of music going on. My parents both love music a lot. Um, and like I went to some concerts and stuff as a kid. And then it was when I was a teenager or kind of like preteen, I guess, when I was 12 and 13 and kind of going into middle school and high school that I got really, really interested in music. A lot of that was influenced from my older brother. But even even growing up, like I had siblings that were in punk bands, like music has just kind of I've always been around music. Where did, did you consider becoming a musician yourself when you were younger? Oh, absolutely. My dream when I was when I was in high school, I played uh, I played bass. I was in a couple bands and I was I was sure I was going to become a uh, iconoclastic rock star i was i, I was very <laughs> i was very set on it there was a i i distinctly remember having a uh a big fight with my parents where i was like no i'm not gonna go to university i'm gonna drop out and become a rock star and and lo and behold oh they were right i went to university and it was a good choice your, your poor parents that that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to any parent to hear those words I'm going to drop out and become a rock star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that they knew that. I I think they knew it was a bit of an empty threat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how early in your life was YouTube a thing as a, as a consumer of content? I got on the internet uh, around the time I was... Or, or got on it regularly around the time I was 12 or 13. I don't even know if it was really YouTube at first. It was like like Newgrounds and kind of oh boy, that yeah. stuff. And quickly it became YouTube. And then by the time I was 14 or so, I was actually making my own YouTube videos very early. Um, It was an iMovie and I was making these... Uh, I'm a big fan of ice hockey, so I was making these hockey highlight compilation videos, kind of setting setting highlights of hockey goals to ACDC or whatever. So YouTube has always been, I, I, I had that channel for a few years and have always been really interested in video stuff. And YouTube has, since I was a kid, YouTube has been a factor in my life. Oh boy, the, those classical days where kids could make compilations of, of sports yeah. and not get like copyright strike to 
Infinity and Beyond. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All all of them in like stunning 240p. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days. What sort of school kid were you? Were you a band sort of geek or were there any specific subjects that you picked up pretty quickly? Were you the kind of person that had difficulty learning or just just what what kind of kid were you? I was kind of a textbook overachiever. I I always got Especially in elementary school, I was always at the top of the class. I always got really good grades. School always came really easy for me. Um, and then in high school, I still got good grades, but I also kind of slacked off a little, skipped class sometimes. And what I was in the uh, like jazz band and orchestra band and was in high school, I guess my my niche would have been kind of like a, a band kid. But generally, I always did well at school. I, I always loved, I liked music class. I loved um, English class. Uh, English literature is actually where a lot of my influences come from, learning to read texts and kind of read music as poetry similarly. So yeah, school, I, I, I did great. I was always, like, school was never a problem for me. Given that before you mentioned that it wasn't exactly your original plan to go into college, what did you end up going to college for? Well, so I went to university for uh, for journalism because originally I went in because I wanted to be a sports journalist and then I wanted to be a music journalist. Since I was a kid, I've 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 liked writing. Um, so journalism is when what I went in with the idea that I'd either get paid to write about hockey or music, and that was kind of the goal. It's kind of kind of interesting how the the needle of your life is like how to figure out how to do quote unquote content on hockey or in music, whatever of yeah. the two works. Let's see where the die land in that. <laughs> yeah, th th those are those are very much my passions. Yeah, hockey and music. And I I'm it's nice because now that music is my job, I still have hockey as this passion that I don't try to do any content for and I can just <laughs> step away and relax from. You're very right about I've, I've just always liked kind of I feel like like all of us, I don't love the word content, but I've always wanted to I've always been a content creator creator at my core, I guess. Did you finish university or did you get sidetracked? Nope, nope. I finished university. Yeah, I graduated with a degree in journalism. A lot of my journalistic skills actually kind of went into and are still used today in my channel. At what moment in your life were you when you decided to give a more serious try to uploading videos? Because you mentioned the experiments that you did as a kid. I don't imagine you continued those through like no. university and high school. Like uh, I, I could be I could be wrong, but that's usually what happens. Right. So when did you retake? I so so what happened was uh, out of university, I got a job uh, or doing research for a music companion app. And I was working Ooh. for them for a few years and it was a cool job. But there was a point where I think it was after one or two years there where I kind of realized that I had just like I, I, I felt like I had fallen into a slump, like I had gotten the job and I was doing the job and hanging with friends and stuff like that. But I wasn't really pursuing any creative projects. I very clearly remember like kind of looking back on a year and being like, I don't know if I've like created anything that I can be proud of this year. And that was really, I, I, I kind of like sat down and was like, okay, in the new year, I need to like, I need to do something. Um, Because in the past I had some 
hustles. Like I had a podcast that I did before and stuff like that, but that had fallen through. And so I looked at a, a couple options. And at the time I was watching a ton of video essays. I was watching a lot of kind of like the, the typical like nerd writer, every frame of painting, Captain Christian. It's a painting of the militia company of District 2 under the command of Captain Franz Bannock Koch. All of those guys, uh, this would have been in kind of late 2016. I was watching a lot of them and I was like, you know what? I really wish that there was someone doing this about music. And then I was like, oh, wait, that can be me. I, I have the skills. Um, I have the musical knowledge. I know how to edit video. I know how to record audio. Like I know how to use Adobe's creative suite and all of this stuff. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I'll just kind of start doing this as a hobby. And I started it as a hobby and it, it turned into a job pretty quickly for me. Before heading into how that transformation happened, you it, one thing that has characterized your your content and, and your work online has been a, a pretty particular and slick visual design. And you mentioned that you already knew how to use like the Adobe Suite. Were those skills that you picked up while in college for your journalism degree? So some of it was like the sound editing definitely was uh, using Audition. I learned from my undergrad and and a lot of video editing, but I also just as a habit, this is probably going to date me a little, but uh, I don't know if you ever spent much time on like forums when you were younger, like when forums were big. Yeah. Uh, I mm -hmm. used to, I a lot of my polyphonic skills that I learned in my visual design, I learned making forum signatures on, again, hockey oh. forums. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That takes me back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a lost art these days. Um, the, the art of the forum signature. But that's really, that's where a lot of my graphic design came from. Like a lot of my graphic design came from just messing around in Photoshop, making forum signatures. And that's where I, so, so all, a lot of my kind of visual aspects are very self-taught in that sense. So you, you decided to put, uh, put those to good use and decided to start this project as a, as a free, as a hobby, as you sort of put it. What was your first video about? Uh, so the first one that I ever edited was about Kendrick Lamar, um, but that's actually the third video I released. The first video I released was about uh, David Bowie and Leonard Cohen. This was after 2016, the year when both of them had died and both of them released albums kind of right before dying. And I thought that that was a really interesting kind of place to look at. And it was really interesting to do a kind of comparison of how they each faced their own death. And I thought that that would be a, a cool place to launch my channel from. How was the reception, rather? The first few videos, the reception was like, was, was really solid. Like, uh... Obviously, the first few videos weren't like huge or anything, but uh, people really liked them. I got some people I, I pretty early was getting I think my first couple videos were getting in the hundreds of views pretty early, uh, which I thought was pretty good because none of them were like I was getting views from people that weren't my parents. And, you know, that right. at, at, at that level, that's a success. You know, early on, if, if it's like, wait, strangers on the Internet want to watch my stuff. That's cool. There must be something there. There must be a a hunger for it. There must be more music fans wanting this kind of content. How quickly did that started espiraling into into actual growth? Because for for most creators, myself included, there tends to be two or three key moments when when things start kicking into high gear. What was yours? 
Yeah, so it happened very fast for me. It was my fourth video, I think, maybe my fifth. Ask anyone in the band where their powerful sound came from, and they'd all give you the same answer. Drummer John Bonham. Let's take a look at what made Bonzo such a force behind a drum kit. It's a video on John Bonham. I remember growth was good. And when I released it, I was really excited because I was like, I think this video might hit a thousand views. Three and a half years later, it's sitting at 13 million views. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that one, it had some help. My former boss worked for a uh, a music DJ in Canada and he sent it out on his blog and then it got kind of picked up by open culture and the algorithm liked it and that video exploded so it was it was only like my fourth video and it was it was pretty wild watching it go off i don't know i, I think that there's as as i'm sure as i'm sure you know there's kind of like a rush when your first video hits big that you, you're yep. you never capture that again you spend the rest of your career mm -hmm. kind of chasing that high and i remember that going viral and i remember that it just it just seemed like it it wouldn't stop it just kind of kept going up and up and up and it was uh is a pretty pretty magical moment in previous episodes i have described that first viral hit as a dopamine rush and it honestly the best description i have uh, ever heard of it's it's like being on drugs and then you spend the rest of the career trying to get a high as high at that one and it never happens and a lot of people Absolutely. destroy themselves in that process yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. It's very much it 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 was very much like like drugs. And I re I remember even like a few months onwards or like a year onwards. No, I think it was it was only a few months onwards like sitting around and like watching that video hit a million views. I remember like w watching kind of like counting down like oh my god, like it's going to hit a million. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting starry eyed just talking about those those memories. Now you're completely right. It is it is a drug rush and you can you definitely can spend ruin your life chasing that high. Yeah. However, I have regrettably uh, seen people in the past that have hit like one high or one like viral video. And there's one thing to hit a viral video, but there is another thing entirely to capitalize that and transform that into a career. So the question is, what happened next? How did you transform that into a career? So I think the biggest thing uh, for me, and a lot of people, whenever people ask advice, I say this is the biggest thing for me, is I didn't launch my channel until I had a backlog of five videos. I had videos... Oof. I had videos ready to go because I wanted to have a regular release schedule as soon as I launched. And it turned out really well because when when that video, when my John Bonham video hit and went really viral, I suddenly I didn't need to be like, oh, what do I follow this up with? Like, I didn't have that pressure. I was like, OK, fine. I've already got the next video in the bag. We'll just release that. And I think that that I think that did a lot for me to really, you know, kind of help me with the uh, kind of capture the virality because by the time that was released, I already had because I had kept making videos like three or four more videos to work on. So I was working in advance and that meant that it was very easy for me to just kind of keep it going after that success. And and I think I'm really glad I had that kind of foresight because I, I feel like it would have been a lot of pressure to try to follow up 
after getting after posting a random video and getting a su- giant kind of like success like that. I I think generally my my mentality from the beginning and this is again what I recommend to other people as well when they ask me about it is I didn't expect success, but from day 1 I prepared for success to happen. So I had a Patreon set up. I had a release schedule that I held myself firm to. I had videos in the backlog. I had my channel's branding. Like I had all of this stuff kind of treating myself. And a lot of this is still the way I treat my stuff today. And I think that that gave me having those structures in place helped me kind of seize my success and keep going with it. Absolutely. If if I may add something there, usually the analogy uh, analogy that I use when talking to other like potential future creators is that a viral video is like a spark, but if if there's no gasoline around it, it's not going to catch on fire. So you you have to sort of accumulate it around it and be ready for it. You can't predict the spark, but you can be ready to capitalize it when it happens. And that's basically what you did. I love that analogy. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's it's having very good branding, a setup, uh, an already solid content strategy for it going forward and a patron as you say you you had everything that you needed to capture that so i guess the next question would be but by the time you were doing this as you mentioned uh, you had a job you were working at what point did this become your job what was the story there yeah so it was actually kind of uh it was kind of serendipitous because as my videos were starting to take off I got laid off from my previous Oof. job. Bad timing or great timing? I'm yeah, not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so it was this point where I didn't quite have enough to make it to make it like my full time job yet, but I had I had that momentum, and so I got laid off. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a month or two. I'm gonna eat into my savings. I'll apply for other jobs and I'll look for some work, but I'm mostly gonna focus on. Like every day, that that w- that was the moment where I was like, I'm definitely going to apply for jobs and stuff, but I'm going to set myself hours every day. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to edit videos, and it's going to be my nine to five until I get something else or until it becomes feasible. And uh, right. it was right around that time that I started to get kind of agencies reaching out for sponsorship deals. I was like, okay, no, I I actually think that I can make this work as my full time job. So. So yeah, I'm not sure if it was bad timing or good timing, but it worked out very well in the end that I was I was laid off and I could be like, okay, well, I've got some money in my bank account. Let's just let's see if we can let's see if we can make this YouTube thing happen. And I guess I could. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. How how has the art of what you have done evolved? How, how has the technique evolved? And together with that, has the growth since then been a bit of a linear curve or has there been any notable spikes along the way? For me, the technical side and the art side are pretty intrinsically linked. I think my one of my biggest evolutions has just been getting better at the software. If anyone watches my channel, like they'll see that I try to make every video look different. And I think that kind of mentality it's a bit of a gauntlet, but I think it also made me, it forced me to get better at motion graphics because I couldn't rely on the same things over and over again. I was constantly pushing new things. So I think the biggest thing is just, I've gotten a lot better visually. Um, my, my motion graphics and my animation, especially this past year, have gotten to a level that I'm really, really happy with. And I think one of the big kind of 
keystone shifts for me happened around the start of or kind of like towards the middle of 2019 and really at the start of 2020 I shifted from doing stuff primarily in Premiere to doing stuff primarily in After Effects and for someone who does motion graphics like me After Effects is is just so much more powerful and it enables me to do so much more kind of creative compelling interesting visual things and so that that's that's been a big that's been a big influence and I've also started making I also last year yeah I think it was last year around the same time I just as kind of a hobby for fun started making digital collage art on Instagram just kind of making art in Photoshop and putting it out there making these weird surrealist pieces and I think that helped kind of unlock a different part of my brain that has then fed back into my videos where I think earlier a lot of my a lot of the visuals in my videos if you look at them earlier are kind of a lot more straightforward and they're kind of setting up these slick screens and now a lot of what I do is a lot more surreal I use a lot of visual metaphors I have a lot of weird stuff moving around a lot of things that might seem non sequitur a lot more textures like a lot more of the a lot of my artistic influences have come in and I think I think that's been a big shift for me generally is in the beginning I kind of cherished my scripts most now I I mean I still love my scripts and earlier I still loved my videos but now like what would I really I consider a video I don't consider a video a success unless it does something really compelling visually that's what really drives me now talking about visual compelling what is I, I gotta I gotta ask what is your mental process for creating a thumbnail because something that I have always appreciated about your channel is that uh, I mean thumbnails are extremely important we all spend a lot of time working on hours uh, but yours, like, I could take any thumbnail, well, almost any thumbnail from your channel and transform it into, like, a poster. So it must take, one, it must take a lot of work, but two, each one is very different. So I gotta ask what your approach for making thumbnails are and why do you think they're actually effective? So a lot of the time, it's not always this way, but a lot of the time... The thumbnail will actually be the first thing I make visually of a video. I'll have the script, oh. I'll have the audio recorded, and I'll kind of be like, okay, I need an aesthetic for this video. I need to know what this video is going to look like. So I'll create the thumbnail as this kind of blueprint to, to build my video out from. And that helps me kind of get my visual ideas in order. And then a lot of the time what I'm looking for is I'm kind of looking for the mood of the video. If it's a spookier video, I'll do a darker thumbnail. If it's a bright, cheery video, I'll do brighter colors. Music is obviously auditory, but there's a lot of visual language around music. There's album artwork. There's performers have like certain aesthetics when they perform. There's videos of these people. And a lot of the time it's kind of looking at that. So I'll, I'll look at like Let's say uh, one of my favorite thumbnails is one I did for Jefferson Airplane for White Rabbit, which is it's this kind of very psychedelic look. And I was like, well, this is a psychedelic song. I'm doing this song about the 60s. I'm going to look at a lot of music posters in the 60s. Look at what colors were they using? What fonts were they using? How did they compose stuff? And that's that's a lot of where I'll go. So so another thing too is like let's say my video on Scott Joplin that's a video 
uh, about ragtime, which took place at the turn of the century. So I kind of go and I look at what is the visual language at the turn of the century? What typefaces were in vogue? How was stuff laid out? And so that's kind of how I try to create a visual is I try to create this mood and I look at the mood. Uh, I look at what was happening at the time. I look at what does this band's album artwork look like? What do they value in their album artwork? And how can I translate those value judgments to my thumbnail? So it's a very... Like you said, I think I think part of the reason a lot of them could be posters is because a lot of them are based off of posters or a lot of them are based off of that whole visual aesthetic. It's really important for me to create that and get into that visual mind space with them uh, because I think that that helps me going forward making the video. And I also, in my mind, part of the reason you watch Polyphonic is for the visuals and so I want my thumbnails to be a little promise of what the video is going to look like. I, I feel like my thumbnails aren't always the most click attracting, but I feel like if you look at my thumbnail, you can get a sense of what the aesthetic and mood of the video is going to be. And that's really important to me. I will disagree on the part of them not being click attractive because I have seen a lot of your thumbnails that just scream, this is a high quality edited video. Thank just you. like this, this is something that is going to be visually compelling. Also, just by note, you're the second person I talked to on this week that I think has mentioned doing the thumbnail before they even do the video. And now I'm considering doing that approach for, for huh. topics that I'm unsure where to go, because that, that actually, that's not a terrible creative idea, you know? Yeah. Just to, to get an idea of the direction you want to go with it. Sometimes I'll actually make a thumbnail and then make the video and then make a new thumbnail off of the video um <laughs> or i'll go back and i'll rejig the thumbnail or things like that like a lot of the time the nice thing about making the thumbnail first too is you get to make the thumbnail and then you spend a week or two weeks or however long it takes you to make the video not looking at the thumbnail and so then you come back and you're like oh actually i had the right idea <laughs> but i can tweak this thing here and there or i can I can change up the font because I ended up using a different font in the video or things like that. I like being able to kind of make the thumbnail, step away, and then come back once the video's done and be like, okay, is this thumbnail actually delivering on the promise of the video? And usually it is, but every now and then I'm like, no, actually, I don't like this thumbnail anymore. I'm going to make a new one. So t talking about the future... Is there any interesting new directions or projects that get you excited for what for years to come? Yeah, I have. I I'm very good at coming up with ideas. I'm not as great at executing them. <laughs> so I have a lot of ideas for projects that I wanna I wanna go. I'd really wanna at some point start a second channel or maybe just start doing videos on Polyphonic that are about things other than music especially about literature. Um, I love reading and I really, I, I don't think there's enough, enough people talking about books in kind of a compelling video essay way on YouTube. So that's something I'd like to do. And then also on the more creative side, I'm actually right now working with a couple musicians uh, making lyric videos for them. That's something that's very compelling and interesting to me that I want to kind of like look into going in, in, instead of kind of just making visuals about music, making visuals for music. Um, and I've Ooh. also I've also just very recently uh, kind of started to dip my toe into into the live stream realm. And that's that's scary and exciting. Um, so 
So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pathways. The other thing too is long term, I think I I have this dream. I don't know if I'll ever see it through, but I have this idea of opening a motion design firm and that motion design firm would do things like lyric videos or it would hire out for people that wanted motion animation for their for their YouTube videos, that kind of stuff. That's something that's been I, I've been playing around with it kind of I've just in the back of my head been playing around with that one a little bit. And it's been uh, it's an interesting direction where I could see myself going, but I could also see myself not not getting there in the end. Interestingly enough, I think the one for literature could work because something that I just realized is one of the reasons why you don't, for example, see a level of. Uh, visual design like this on a video essay about a video game is because video games are a visual medium. Exactly. Which means that you already have a visual, like all the footage. Doing a video essay on a video game, I was going to say it's easy. It's not. It's very hard to write a good one. It's easier to produce because you're already working with like game footage. You just have to go out and record examples of game footage that actually fit what you're saying. But in the case of something like music, which is an auditory medium, you don't always have a, a, a visual companion to it. And that basically gave you an excuse to fill it in with your work. And on on that same note, literature is similar because literature is doesn't have like a visual companionship and you can feel that. And so so I yeah. think your idea of making a second channel based on literature is excellent. And um and then a few months and a few months and uh, I don't know, mid 2021, I'm gonna write to you and be like, hey, have you done this yet? Just so you can continue. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually got, I've got a script written, and I, a couple, I, I, I was playing around with the idea actually earlier this year, kind of before 2020 happened, and that that derailed a lot of plans for a lot of people. Um, uh-huh. but, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that that I'm planning on, and and you're dead on with the the visual aspect. That's actually something that very important for me from day one. I was like. And it's been good because it's pushed me to do these visual things. But from day one, I was like, okay, Polyphonic needs to justify itself as a video. It needs, like you said, because music isn't a visual medium, I, I always think that I need to be adding something visually or else it should just be a podcast. Exactly. I think there are lots of people on YouTube that don't do the visual element and I don't have anything... I don't have anything against them. Um, I think a lot of them do great work and just kind of put up pictures every now and then and stuff like that. But for me personally, I always think that art needs to justify its medium. And if I'm going to be doing something in visual, if if I'm going to be doing something in the visual space, I need to be I need to make damn sure that it looks good. I need to I need it to be something that my, my my kind of dream with Polyphonic is someone puts it on thinking they're going to half watch it in the background while doing dishes or something. And then the visuals catch their eye and they find themselves not doing the dishes and just completely watching enthralled in the visuals. That's that's what I hope with my channel. It's a pretty good thing to aim for. Right now, as you have learned all the experiences from doing your channel, is there any advice in particular that you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself? You you had the advantage that you seem to hit the wrong running pretty fast with your channel. Uh, uh, 
compared to, say, myself or many other creators. But still, is there any advice that you will give your past self? Don't read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. Yeah, I think another one, too, that I've worked really hard this year to get to get better at is there was a period where, not at the very beginning, but I think kind of in the middle, there was a period where I, I f forgot how to have fun with it, you know? It kind of like it turns into a job a little bit once it becomes your job. And I'm only now just kind of starting to get back to, and, and a lot of that, a lot of that is cutting down my production schedule and doing more videos that I want to do rather than videos that I think will get clicks. I think that's, that's the big advice is in, in the year of 2019, I think I made 55 videos that year, um, which <laughs> is in, in, insane uh to me when i think when i think back on it and the fact that i was doing them all pretty much like all the production alone it's something where i really burned myself out that year i think i if i could go back in time i'd tell myself like no you can actually you can take breaks you don't need to do a video every week it'll be a lot more fulfilling with you if you take time and make videos you love rather than yep. rush videos that you kind of like, but that mostly you know your audience will like. I think that's kind of remembering that at the end of the day, like your channel, you you started it for yourself. And remember that. So make make videos that you want to watch. Well, uh, that is all. Thank you very much for this. There's th This turned into quite an interesting conversation. Oh, it's my, my absolute pleasure. I, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs>